Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wrestlers lie for all manner of reasons. They want you to think that they really hate the wrestler they are feuding with because that works in theory to deepen the emotion yielded by the storyline. They also lie that there is interest in there being a coveted free agent because what else are they going to say? I bombed so hard that nobody wants me anymore? Wrestling fans in turn believe the lies because they are prepared to believe them. It helps the whole experience, to be honest. They're also prone to regurgitating patently nonsense recollections of events because being so invested in the thing they like, they'd like to appear as though they know they talk about something i've made a bit of a career out of in all honesty with that all being said i'm gareth from what culture wrestling and here are 10 wrestling lies you probably believe number 10 dave Meltzer is biased dave Meltzer awarded kenny omega versus kazichka okada from new japan pro wrestling wrestle kingdom 11 six stars and the internet has never truly recovered has it in an incidental lie he didn't break his own star rating system to which he never set a maximum limit in the first place minami toyota had earned a five star plus rating and Meltzer also said that a Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat match was literally better than a televised match he had rated five stars. The real poisonous lie is that Dave Meltzer is biased, and this single match proves it. Six stars in the Tokyo Dome, they said. Whenever Dave awarded a WWE match a mere 4.75, like John Cena vs. AJ Styles at Royal Rumble 2017, which, as it happens, is a total ripper. And when the seven-star match happened, Jesus Christ... That match, Omega vs. Okada 4, headlined Dominion 2018. The average Wrestling Observer Newsletter star rating for that show is 4.1. Want to know the average star rating for NXT TakeOver New York? 4.6. Moving on. Number 9. Triple H was punished by WWE. Triple H doesn't get punished by WWE, simple as that. Well, he does when he loses a ratings war to Tony Khan and his heavy metal NXT is suddenly murdered. But before he was effectively binned off as their heir apparent to the Empire, Triple H was never in any real danger. Even when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley and wasn't remotely over, the WWF proceeded with his push under their belief that he'd one day make it as a bona fide headliner. The man who became Triple H was punished very lightly, 
for his role in the curtain call incident that saw Kevin Nash and Scott Hall break character on their way out of the promotion. He didn't, as planned, win the King of the Ring tournament, but he did win the Intercontinental title mere months later. Vince delayed his push purely to temporarily placate the more traditional-minded higher-ups. He was not punished with a squash loss to the Ultimate Warrior because that match happened two months prior to the incident at MSG. If Vince could see forward in time, then he wouldn't have proceeded with Roman Reigns as a babyface for six whole years, for example. Or maybe he would, he's just weird, isn't he? Number 8. SummerSlam 1992 Didn't Draw SummerSlam 1992, in general, was an astute business decision. Vince McMahon took his cold, declining wrestling promotion to one of the few places in which, as a result of the Sky Sports wrestling boom, it was still red hot. The buy rate dropped 33% from the prior year's show, an expected decline given wider levels of interest, but the monster of a live gate per Dave Meltzer's workings meant that the show performed better financially than SummerSlam 91, and indeed offset declines in the business elsewhere. To put it in a more succinct way, WWF's SummerSlam 1992 was an inspired workaround to its domestic woes. The fallout of the event muddies its perception in retrospect. The British Bulldog was as over as any wrestler in any country ever in 92, but his abrupt exit meant that his popularity scans as an aberration. Moreover, Hart never again pulled in a crowd of that size. This does not detract from the show's undoubted success, though. Number 7. WCW Botched Goldberg at Starcade 1998 Goldberg had to lose at some point. He could not go on undefeated forever because there would have been no drama in that whatsoever. But did he have to lose to Kevin Nash? Well, naturally, yeah. If he was going to lose to somebody, that somebody had to be a massive star. And Nash was arguably at his most over deep into 1998 as the uber cool NWO Wolfpack leader. The Starcade match and overlooked super noisy bomb blast unfolded to a split reaction, it must be said. Nash was super over. He wasn't the reviled booker situating himself as the top star. He felt like the A to Goldberg's one, even if he had booked himself into a favorable position. The issue wasn't necessarily in the wrestler who defeated Goldberg, but the role into which he was cast. Nash beat Goldberg via heel finish, which didn't generate mass outrage, and a thirst for vengeance because fans liked him too much. The real cock-up was turning Nash heel and realigning him with Hollywood Hogan. It was the right guy, wrong finish, piss-poor follow-up. Number 6. One botched kick ended Bret Hart's career The shorthand reduced history is written in a way that might make one somewhat sympathetic to Goldberg, even if you're an ardent fan of Bret Hart. The man himself rued his infamous error on the public speaking circuit in the years later, admitting to rocking Hart with reckless force in the main event of Starcade 1999. In reality, Goldberg was a hazard throughout. He smashed Bret with an elbow strike that Hart described in his biography as comparable to being hit with a pillowcase full of bricks. Goldberg sensed that he'd overcommitted and even apologized mid-match. In addition to that, Goldberg barely trained up and lacking a true wrestler's instinct to, you know, protect his opponents, failed to grab hold of Brett's head when he executed his ring post figure four. Brett, already reeling from the elbow, slumped to his head. Dazed and not operating at his sharpest, he was then smashed full force in the head with a stray kick. This was not an isolated incident, though, sadly. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Number five, Vince McMahon should have went with Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 8. Vince McMahon was wrong to not book Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 8 because, if nothing else, it would have spared us from the Hogan versus Sid Justice calamity. That's the prevailing take, but it's wrong. Vince trialed the match on the house show circuit and it generated a staggering lack of interest. The WWF fans raised on Giants were more interested in Sid. The eventual Hogan-Flair match did very respectable business for WCW in 1994 which perhaps cast doubt over Vince's unwillingness to book it two years prior. But then, when the match finally made it to WWE on the May 13, 2002 Monday Night Raw, the rating was a disaster. The show fell to the lowest non-holiday number since March 30th, 1998. Business was spiraling at the time, it should be noted. But still, you'd have expected a far stronger return given the level of star power involved. It's weird, but calculably true. Number four, Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy took it too far. Darby Allen is going to end up retiring at 35, and I know this because I just watched him wrestle a mirror match against the 44-year-old Jeff Hardy, who was literally cast in the story as his spiritual influence. There's a clue in that particular match that should illuminate how this pearl-clutching take match-type style X shortens careers, isn't necessarily prescient. Yes, Hardy is battered and in a bad way in general at this point, but fans should be careful not to forecast doom on behalf of wrestlers who work a buck-wild-plunder style highlighted by unhinged stunt work. All wrestling is debilitating. There is something particularly chilling about the ladder match. Edge refuses to work another one. John Moxley loathes them where he otherwise luxuriates in other forms of ultraviolence. But from the outside, these types of matches accelerate that which wrestling does in and of itself. Ruthless he destroys the body. Hulk Hogan didn't work a single ladder match, and his body is in just as crappy a state as most wrestlers to have ever bumped. Number three, John Moxley and Kenny Omega took it too far. It feels quaint now, particularly since Chris Jericho has since crashed Nick Gage through shoot glass on television, but the Kenny Omega vs. John Moxley lights out match at Full Gear 2019 incited something of a moral panic. An understandably distressed Renee Paquette wondered just what the F her husband was doing, where Dave Meltzer ripped the violence and strategy to shreds on Observer Radio. But don't forget he did put over the storytelling. He claimed that the match was a dumb idea unlikely to grow AEW's audience, 
because of the sheer level of weapon-heavy violence involved. A low-level grifter even successfully convinced the Maryland Athletic Commission to issue AEW with a fine, on the subject of which the weaponry was deployed in a genius way, in that it effectively worked everybody. If the first wave of weapons were real, and the audience had been cast into a spell of suspended disbelief, the worked stuff, the broken shards of sugar glass, the barbed wire bed, had to be real, right? Masterful. Number 2. Stone Cold Can't Stand Jeff Jarrett Steve Austin's welcoming of Jeff Jarrett to his Broken Skull sessions initially seemed poised to bring with it some truly explosive exchanges between two Attitude-era workers who, as relentlessly reported over the years, simply could not stand one another. Only as the Texas Rattlesnake would hilariously debunk, before he'd even given his IPA a chance to settle, said much-referenced heat is about as legit as Double J's country-western credentials. Shining a light on the tail that was said to have kicked off this perceived heat, Austin would note how despite indeed being paid less than he expected on occasion by Jeff's father Jerry when working for him in Memphis, Jarrett's paps was always fair with him when approached on the matter. And when it came to that infamous it ain't gonna get any bigger by looking at it boy, line spewed from the promoter's cocky son, which Austin himself found hilarious upon looking at his tiny paycheck, Jeff would also reveal that he only uttered the phrase after hearing someone else unleash it and thinking it was cool. As the subsequent collection of anecdotes would only hammer home further, these two have been good pals for an age folks. Number 1. Montreal was a work You're all pig sick of hearing about Montreal at this point, so apologies. But every now and then, a wrestler spouts nonsense along the lines of, hmm, not sure this wasn't a word, guys, which fuels an especially dumb conspiracy theory. Some people actually believe that Montreal was a work, and are encouraged to do so by many people in wrestling close to the principles. Consider this entry that scene in The Simpsons where Mr. Thompson gets his shin kicked hard because he doesn't understand a simple instruction. Some people just need to be kicked in the shin. Road Dog is the latest wrestler to express doubt over whether or not the whole scene was real, and that comparison truly is an insult to Homer. For Montreal to have been a work, the following points must be true. Vince McMahon had to have been certain that Eric Bischoff was gonna F up one of the best wrestlers and hottest heels in the business, which is actually fair to be honest. Vince in addition would have to have risked the locker room turning against him. He would have to have worked his insistence that he wasn't at fault, which he didn't because he's a narcissist. Brett would have to phone it in, even if the booking was flattering, otherwise his mole run wouldn't have worked to undermine WCW. And he cared too much about his work, that's why the whole saga unfolded as it did. Now, can we all just agree to never talk about it again? Yeah, okay, fine, good.